right now I have the privilege of interviewing my daughter, Lauren Maxwell. And even though it looks like there might be a little bit of a technical difficulty right this minute because she's having a hard time hearing me, we are going to be broadcasting this uh, where we are broadcasting this live. And and it is absolutely amazing that I have this incredible privilege of having a daughter who is on her own spiritual journey, doing an amazing, amazing job. And I am going to take a second to make sure that she can hear me. Lauren, can you hear me now? Now I can. Okay, perfect. So I want to introduce you to a 29-year-old woman who, as I said, she is my daughter. And being able to interview her is just an, an incredible privilege because she has watched me for her entire life shift from being an unconscious parent and then transforming myself into this conscious being, somebody who is aware of our connection with all that is. I've become somebody who is now in touch with the spirit that is within me, the source, the God, whatever you want to call that universe um, essence that is naturally inside of all of us. And I want to tell you a little bit about this young woman. Um, I, I wanted her before I had her. Ever since I was a little girl and I get emotional, ever since I was a little girl, I couldn't wait to someday be a mom and have my own daughter. I would dream of the day that I could have a daughter so that I could treat her in the way that I wish my parents had treated me. I wanted a daughter so that I could be a perfect mother because growing up, I felt that my mom wasn't perfect. She was a normal unconscious parent with all of her unconscious things going on. And so was my father. So after my my parents got divorced, I was 10 years old when that happened. After they got divorced, I longed for a real family that I could call my own. So I began to dream, probably I might have been 11, 12, 13 years old of what it would be like to one day have a daughter. And on a beautiful, beautiful September day in 1988, I gave birth to that dream. I gave birth to my beautiful daughter uh, at the time. Her name was Lauren Maxwell. And now she has become an incredible woman. She's married. She is Lauren Hitchell now and lives in Colorado. And although I don't get to spend a lot of physical time with her because of the distance since I live in Atlanta, I am closer to her probably than I have ever been because thank you for Facebook. Thank you for cell phones. Thank you for technology. We stay connected. Thank you for airplanes. We stay connected. So let me introduce you to this remarkable woman who at the tender age of 29 has been embarking on her own spiritual journey. And Align with Lina is all about helping people see that ordinary people are waking up. That's the conversation that we need to be having right now. How do we wake up? What is awakening all about? And I am going to bring on my magnificent daughter. Welcome, sweetheart. It's so good to have you here as somebody that I get to interview on this program and have you be an example of, of somebody who's doing the work, the inner work of coming to know who you really are. So let's talk a little bit about um, just your childhood. What what was that like growing up with, with an unconscious mother? Because you've seen me change. You've seen me shift. So what, what are those big changes that you had noticed way back then that, that were different than who I show up as today? Well, 
I would, hi everyone. Um, I would have to say that the one thing that really comes to mind was when I was in the mental hospital um, and you told me to just get over it and stop being depressed. That is like the one thing that comes to mind because even then you were still unconscious. I mean, like an unconscious parent, you were on your journey, but if you were conscious, you wouldn't have said it like that to me. So that's the one thing that kind of sticks out. <laughs> um, as Absolutely. Like a <laughs> Absolutely. And then I remember the conversation that we had at the house um, after you had come home from Ridgeview. And I was telling you that as much as, as it scared me, the thought of you killing yourself, because, you know, at that time, yeah, you were depressed. You were going through some pretty, pretty uncomfortable things yourself. Um, I remember saying to you, and I don't know if you remember what you said to me, but I remember saying to you, you know, sweetheart, if, if you were to decide to kill yourself, yes, it would crush me. And yes, I would miss going to your graduation and, and to your wedding and you having children. I would miss that part of life. But I wanted you to know that I didn't want you to feel guilty that if you did that, you were not going to destroy my life because I had discovered that my source, my love, my joy came from something inside of me. And in essence, I was giving you permission to do what you needed to do, because at that time, only you knew what was best for you. Do you remember what you said to me? No, and I don't remember you saying that to me at all. <laughs> I just... well, I'm going to tell you what you said to me. It was quite, quite explicit. Um, you said to me, mom, you are such a fucking bitch. <laughs> Did I really? <laughs> yes, for saying that to you. But then the next day you came down. The next day you came downstairs and you said to me, you know, mom, you just gave me permission for me to do whatever it is that I need to do and realize that I'm, I'm really pretty powerful. Do you remember that part at all? <laughs> I'll have to show you the journal. <laughs> this was what, 15 years ago? I don't remember. I know. I know. It's such a long, long time. But tell me a little bit about what was it like for you um, that how do you feel so depressed? Because as you know, your dad and I did such an, an incredible, uh, we're so committed. Not, not that we did such an incredible job, but we were so committed to making sure that you felt loved and you and your brothers felt loved and supported. But what had you go through that, get into that depression? What was going on in your life around that 14-year age that had you feel so low? A boy, I think. I think it was a boy. I don't, I mean, honestly, like looking back on it, I'm like, I have no idea why I would even be upset. Like it was so trivial and yeah. silly, but obviously I felt that way. So it is what it is. But I think it was just a boy which yeah. sounds so stupid. <laughs> yes. And then, you know, you were in dance, you were in competitive dancing, you were such a great student in school. And, you know, there, there's a lot of pressure in the area that we lived in to perform and to become somebody that, you know, was going to be on that track that Pope High School needed everybody to be on to move on and go to college and do all of those things. Well, yeah. What was like uh, for you being that teenager with with all the pressures of the world and then beginning to to be looking at what it is that you wanted to do? Because, yeah, that boy had an impact on you clearly, but that wasn't the only thing that was going on in your life. Yeah. Um. I mean, and it's funny because I wrote in my journal actually this morning that I need to rewrite my truths because 
one of the things now that we're talking about this, that is a constant that keeps coming up for me is um, body image issues. And especially being a dancer, like, you know, having Miss Rebecca tell me, well, this is like, I totally had an aha moment, but I have this story that my ballet teacher told me I was fat. And so ever since then, I've had this stigma around this story. And I was actually meditating the other day and it came up and I, I asked myself, it might've been God talking to me. I don't know, but something said, Lauren, did she even really say that to you? And I was like, what the, oh my God, this is crazy. Because, you know, it could have been something that was just like, Lauren, suck it in a little bit. And in my brain, I took it as she's telling me that I'm that I'm fat. And so going back to your question, like the pressures of being the perfect dancer and like, you know, being skinny and being pretty. And I wasn't I didn't eat very well. And the last few years of high school, I was so skinny. And, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy because now that we're talking about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, shit. There was this. There was this. All these things. <laughs> yeah. Just, so. just, just some some crazy things. And then, of course, I was going through some changes. By the time you you turned for 14, you know, that's when Grandma Mickey died. And then all of a sudden I'm going through all of these or maybe it was you might have been 12. All of these changes began to happen and my life began to shift in pretty crazy ways. What was it like for you kind of watching me just go through that period? I went through my own depression. I went through my own pain, through my own discomfort at um, feeling lost, feeling like what's happening to my life. So um, share anything that you might want to share about what was it like from your perspective watching me enter into the spiritual journey that you as you know became all consuming for me right um i mean to be totally honest i don't really remember that far back um you know specifically but i can vaguely remember when you and dad were getting a divorce and when all that was happening and how much of an impact that had on me um, but yeah, that was, that was, I don't remember like specifically, you know, you being other than telling me to just get over it when I was feeling depressed and whatnot. Other than that, I don't, I don't really remember. All right. So let's talk about one of the, uh, the, the incredible moments that we had when not too many years ago, you started working with Nerium and it became a such an inspiring company for you. And I remember the day that you called to tell me that they were suggesting that you read a specific book. Share share that to the best of your re recollection about that conversation. Um, but before, actually, before you do that, I want to go to the place to to I'm sure you remember this. As I was going through my spiritual journey, I wanted you to read so many books. I wanted you to attend workshops. Remember, I made you oh, go yeah. to the Avatar workshop. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> and even though I knew it would be so good for you because there would be so much wonderful information, you were resisting it. And that's part of being an unconscious parent is I was trying to force you to do something you weren't ready to do and didn't want to do. Oh. Um, do you remember that? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> what was that like for you being forced to go do spiritual things? Uh, I just, I remember like just the feeling of like being mad at you. Like, I don't want to stop trying to change me. 
And yeah, I just remember that I, I didn't like what you were trying to put on to, to show me, you wow. know, now looking back, it's so funny because we talk, we have these conversations all the time about spirituality and books and all sorts of stuff. So it's funny how it turned around. Yes. How, how much resistance you had at that time. And you know, sweetie, I, I'm going to right now uh, just say, please forgive me for in, even though it was well-intentioned, I wasn't honoring and respecting your own journey and your own path and that you would get to it whenever you got to it. That's part of being an unconscious parent who gets all spiritualized and then wants everybody else to know about spirituality, but it's part of the process. It's part of the journey of maturing. So please, please, I know I don't care. I knew then what I know now I would have done it differently, but it's all that I could do at the time. No, for sure. And I'm not mad at you. I like, know you're looking I know back you're at me, man. I could have saved myself a lot of anger and frustration and lots of stuff if I would have just listened to you. But but you weren't ready. You weren't ready and you weren't ready to listen to me. And I wasn't ready to be uh, kinder and gentler, gentler with you in, in introducing you to some of these concepts. But let's talk about that time then when you are with Miriam and you are told about a book to read. Let uh, share your your memory of that that conversation, because that's pretty funny. <laughs> Um, well, so basically, kind of a backstory, Miriam focused, they wanted you to focus on becoming the best version of yourself. And in return, you would be able to build a stronger, you know, more powerful business. And so um, they recommended all these books to read. And um, we we think it was the Don Miguel yep. Four Agreements book. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah. And then it was funny because I told you that they wanted me to read this and sure enough it was on my book stand <laughs> somewhere it was like buried under a bunch of stuff and then when eric and i were cleaning out that oh and we moved i think it was when we moved when we bought our house that i found it because we were unpacking all of our boxes and stuff yeah and you know that book is one of the very first books that i gave you on spirituality and it was one of it was a transformational book for me. The all of the books that were written by Don Miguel Reese because it began to expand my mind to who I am, to what's what's possible, to the spirit, to the source that I actually am. And when you begin to live by these simple four agreements, how how things get transformed. But that kind of was the the start for you of that that spiritual bug bit you at that time. Share yeah. a little bit about what then began to happen inside of you that had you want to then continue on this spiritual journey because it's a decision that we make to either keep going or to stop or to block it. Oh gosh, I'm so sorry. I've been up since 5.45 and I taught a class this morning, so I'm kind of no tired. Coffee. But um. Sorry, say that one more time. What was the question? Okay, so once you read the the book, Don Miguel Reese's The Four Agreements, that kind of was that, that little bug that bit you into the spiritual journey. It's like you, you got a bite of something really amazing, and then you kept going. Oh, yeah. Um, well, actually, I think it, it wasn't even just that book, but it was more Miriam's like kind of training where they always focused on, you know, visualization, the power of your thought, um, just 
kind of that concept. And in my mind, it made sense. But then like reading it more and actually believing it in my heart is when I think that change happened. And so, yeah. And talk about then what what happened. What what had you open your heart? Take us into your your experience. And how old were you when this started? Was that 24, 25? Uh, it would be because it'll be five years this September that I've been with Miriam, I think. So four. How old am I? Twenty nine. So twenty five. No. When did we buy the house? Four years ago. It was when we bought the house. OK. So four so years you would have been 24 or 25. Oh, yes. You, you, yeah, you moved in when you were 25, I think, about that time. So so share, share what was it like for you to begin to, things that you knew in your head, to begin to move and open your heart. Talk about that experience for you. Um. Well, and it's funny, too, because I've been doing a lot of journaling and more than I ever have in my life. And one of the things that, um, I focused on or I'm focusing on now is just abundance and what the universe gives. And it's funny because like the house, I think getting my car, buying my first car out here and then getting the house were the two things where when I looked back, I was like, holy shit, I asked and I received. Yeah. And so I think that that helped as well, just kind of adding into reading more with, um, because of what Miriam was teaching me. But, um, I don't know, just this idea that I can create anything that I want. And I knew I believed it, like I said, in my head, but then it was like, okay, well, there's other underlying things that are making it not happen. So what is that? And then just kind of diving a little bit deeper and trying to get in touch with what I believed was God, because, you know, backtracking growing up, we went to church. I had a horrible experience and then my friend was murdered. And I think that that kind of started my not believing in whatever is the God that we're taught. And so, um, you know, just having this mindset of I can create anything I want, but how is that actually possible if I'm not connected to something else? So, yeah, I, does that make sense? Absolutely. It makes perfect sense. So so your experience learning about God, obviously, we were teaching you about the God that your dad and I wanted you to know about. So, right. again, you weren't being given a choice. You were being forced to go because that's what unconscious parents do. We force our children <laughs> to do certain things. Um, and, and, you know, the reason we do that is because we really believe in our heart that we're doing the right thing. Right. But more importantly, the underlying belief is that if we don't do the right thing, we're afraid that we will look bad to others or God may strike us for not teaching you what we knew about God. So there's a lot of fears that play into into conscious parenting, into being unconscious, period. Yeah. So so that was I remember that was a very traumatic experience when your little your friend was murdered along with his um, mother. Very, very traumatic. Um, and then at that time, you began to doubt God existed. You began to yeah. lose your connection. Say say a little bit about what, what was that like for you inside to not trust this creative source? Now that you are reconnecting with that, speak a little bit to what was it like to, to lose that contact? Um, I don't... I don't, I don't know. It just felt like 
you know, growing up, we were told this is God. If you don't believe you're going to hell, if you have sex before you're married, you're going to hell. If you do all this stuff, you're going to hell. And then Ethan died. And I think it just kind of started this. Well, what the fuck? Like, what's the point, you know, kind of feeling. Um, and so I just, I, I, now that we're talking about this, I definitely feel, I remember feeling so disconnected and just like no purpose really behind what I was doing, you know, cause then I went, um, Ethan died when what we, I was a freshman, freshman. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, danced in school and whatever, which danced with my passion in school I had to do. And then going to college and that was a waste of money. It was a great experience cause I met Eric and you know, but it was a waste of money and just, yeah, there was no purpose behind what I was doing. And then we moved out to Colorado and even then, it took a few years before I've really felt like, okay, I'm supposed to change the world, you know? Well, so, well, so speak, speak to speak what, 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 what happened. happened. You know, like it was like time for you to change the world. What woke up in you? Sorry, say that again. I kind of lost. What woke up in you in that moment that had you feel like there's some stuff that you're here to do to change the world? Well, it started with, with um, having my business with Miriam and believing that I had this opportunity to help change other people's lives financially um, as well as individually, because we really focused on personal growth. Um, and what I have found is that I, well, and then things with Miriam didn't go as planned, which is totally fine. And then I started working for this CPA who was crazy. So I wanted to get out of there as soon as I could. And then my ex business partner and I, we came together, even though we've known each other for almost eight years, we came together and we were like, we both love to dance. We're both really freaking good at it. Why are we letting other people take money from us, you know, because we were paying a rent or we were just getting a paycheck from them um, for X amount. And so we were like, well, let's open the studio. And so we opened the studio together. It started off as a dance focused studio, but now I've, found this passion for like fitness and just helping women specifically, even though we're not women specific, we are, but helping women just find their awesomeness. And I don't know. I just, it's crazy to me that people don't know how awesome they are. And so, yeah. But remember how, how long it took you to figure that out. I mean, uh, for me, I knew I was awesome in my head. When I was a little girl, I knew I was awesome in my heart. And then that's when my dad left at 10 years old. I began to shut that down because I thought, well, maybe dad left because it was my fault. Right. So I I began to shut that part of me down. And then it took me until I was 41, 42 years old to really begin to tap into that. So as a mother, to have my daughter begin to recognize her awesomeness in, in your mid-20s is, is so remarkable to me. And yeah. as you began to to dive into through all these books that you were reading, you know, and obviously you've attended several workshops and you've listened to other speakers. What do you think is in your you know, in your experience is what we all have to go through to be able to remember that awesomeness that is already inside of us? Um. No, I don't know how to answer this. Um, we'll talk about how you how you remembered 
that that's all that you need to share is how did you what were the steps that have helped you remember well just reading for sure and just kind of questioning you know this belief that we're taught from a young age and even it's even happened with my husband you know with eric growing up in a very christian background and you know we're both to the point where we're now asking like wait why why would we be punished for being who we are and um i don't know i just i guess just feeling a void almost like i'm not i'm not living a fulfilled and purposeful life and i think that that also helped to start that journey and to help me get connected to the universe or gsel as you call it Jesel, Jesel, Jesel. Coming for me, that that was very much like for you. It was a reconnecting with with God, but it had to be a God that made sense to me. It it couldn't be the God that I grew up because, like you, I was told I was a sinner and I would go to hell, and those were the fears that drove me to want you to do Christianity the right way so that you wouldn't go to hell. But then right. in the back of my mind, I knew, well, we're all sinners, so we're all doomed anyways. And yeah, but fuck it. Yeah, I know, really. It's like, why even bother? Um, <laughs> but it was through the journey, through the questioning, exactly what you said. And, that, and I want you to be aware that that's pretty profound, is when we begin to question our beliefs, that's when we begin to uncover the blocks to, to our living authentically, to our living on purpose. Because all of those beliefs are nothing but fears. They're, they're other people's ideas. They're, they're um, limitations on our own ability to, to express ourselves. When we have to do it the way somebody else said it's supposed to be done, it, instead of how it's coming from inside of us. Right. And that reconnecting with God, you know, as you know, I had, I've had many experiences, many encounters when I feel that in me. And it all made sense when I began to feel it and I, it began to inform me that God is just a name that we have given to the source of the energy that is love, that is that is what everything is made of. And learning, understanding that that energy is 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 everything. It rocked my world. I mean, I had a really hard time thinking that I was in this beautiful body that what I'm just energy. But at the same time, it was what freed me to go, well, then what else is there that I don't know about me? Yeah. How how far does this energy go? And began to realize my infiniteness, my my ability to be um, eternal began to give me so much permission to be able to try things. Don't you feel that that's what happened or, or what happened to you when you took the risk and you uh, and Jess decided to open up a studio when it's something you've never done before? Um, what what was driving that that motivation to try to go out of your box? Well, because I knew I didn't want to work behind a desk anymore. Um, and I just I knew I wanted to be a business owner ever since I was little. I've always wanted to own um well, it used to be a clothing store and then it was a snowboard shop and then now it's a studio. Um, but yeah, and just it's like I said, it's kind of blossomed into this whole nother 
business plan, if you will, of offering fitness classes and really helping women get in touch with um, a body positive mindset instead of, you know, how society has taught us as women, how we're supposed to be. Yeah. And isn't that liberating for you to be able to have discovered that you didn't have to fit into a societal box and now you get to help other women? Yeah. Speak to how that feels that now you're sharing a lot of what you learned. And remember, don't try to force things on them because they might not like that. Don't tell them get over your your belief. Don't tell them to get over their their fears. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's it's really exciting. I I am just I'm honored and I'm just really excited. I'm we've got a small community here, even though it's it's a big community, but we're such a transient community that the people that actually stay makes it a small community of women. And so I'm just thrilled to to bring, I guess, consciousness as well to our community. And there's so many women that I talk to now because we're starting this project where you know we don't sit and talk about the insecurities that we have or you know these ideas that we think about each other in our in our minds you know like oh my god she's so skinny she probably doesn't eat or oh my gosh you know i don't i don't know just these beliefs that we have that society has taught us and as women you know we can finally come together and talk about it and break the mold and be body positive instead of thinking you have to be a Victoria's secret model. Cause that's not, that's not real. I mean, it is real for them, but that's, they're paid to do that to look like that. So talk about your community or you're talking about your community. Where are you? Tell people where you, where you're, where you live. I am in the gorgeous Rocky mountains of Colorado. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful summit County. Yeah. In summit County. You've got four, four, five, no, four ski resorts within about 15 minutes in my house. That's so amazing. It's so beautiful there. I absolutely love, love, love when I visit you and I will have to get my my next trip planned soon. Um, So, you know, something that you were saying, we have to break out of this, this conditioning that we have received. But let's talk a little bit about the responsibility that comes with that. Because it's it's one thing to say we got to break out of what society taught me and what the church taught me and what my parents taught me. But our our point of power and, you know, because you've experienced this, our point of power comes from us making that decision. So we right. have to own it. Speak a little bit to what was it like for you? Because when we are blaming the world, we live inside of a victim mindset and we feel powerless to the food, to how our body is, to our weight, to what other people think. Talk a little bit about to what was it like for you when you had to sh- shift that mindset from you were powerless and in essence at the mercy of, of what was and you began to become empowered and you had to change your own beliefs. You had to decide not to believe what you've been taught. Talk a little right. bit about what was that like for you? Um, I just, I'm trying to think of when that like really happened, but looking back on it, I'm like, Lauren, you, why did it take you this long to, to realize that? But obviously that's what I had to go through. But, um, I think 
And it's funny too, because I, I have like four or five books that I, I just keep reading over and over again. And when I go, so right now I'm reading one called Happy Pocket Full of Money and it talks about quantum physics and money and the law of attraction and what you ask for, you receive and God and all this stuff. So basically the same thing that all the other books talk about. And it's it really has struck a chord with me with this book about, you know, what you ask for, you really get. And whether it's positive or negative, you know, so like, and oh, and we talked about the rampage affirmations and like, I've started to do those. And, um, it's just, it's, it's liberating to know it's like, okay, well, shit, I made this happen. I'm in this position because I put myself there and to know that, okay, well now I can get myself out of it. So I would say liberating and empowering would be the two words to describe coming to that realization and understanding that you really do have the power to do anything and to make your life what you want it to be. Yeah. And it, it's all as simple as changing what we're believing. It's that shifting from fear and lifting into the the energy of love as, as you're reading about quantum physics, realizing that we are affecting energetically what is happening because the world that we see is like the physical gelling of the beliefs that we hold in consciousness. Yeah. And it It's pretty freaky scary to know that we have that much power, but that really is what's happening. And when you realize that there then comes the place where there are no victims. There really, we're all just projecting out there what we're believing we may not know, we may not be aware that that's what we're doing, but we are doing it. Right. Do you remember what it was like to have to give up um, the whining and the complaining and the powerlessness? Uh, talk a little bit about that. <laughs> uh, I, yes. I mean, I guess I remember what it was like. It, it was a struggle. You're like, holy shit. I don't, I, I'm not doing that. There's no way, you know, and then it's just like now just like, okay, it is what it is. And actually going back to that um, happy pocket full of money book, one thing that really struck a chord with me in that book. Um, another thing, too, is that it said your thought that you have today is going to affect something that happens to you down, you know, in the future. Mm -hmm. And I was like, holy shit. Yes. Oh, my God. So now it's like I try to be even more conscious and aware of what I'm saying to myself, like even when I'm just driving in my car or teaching or, you know, talking to my friends. Like it's crazy because it's so easy to say things that aren't true to what you believe, but it's just easy to say like, oh, I'm so broke right now. Why would I say that? Why would I even put that out there? You know, and it's just it's so funny. It's so funny. Yes, because it's a denial of our connection to all that is, because that's in essence, all the books that you're reading are abundance comes from our awareness right. that we are connected to all of it. And we're only receiving what, whatever it is that we're believing in that moment, either we deserve or or that we want um, or are allowing ourselves to you know to experience. But talk about some of the other books that you love that you keep reading, because I've had so much fun talking to you about those. Especially because um, some of them are my favorites, too. Well, so 
You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. She needs to freaking give me a paycheck because I have told probably a hundred people about her book and they've all gone out and gotten it. Um, and then she also wrote a book called You Are a Badass at Making Money. And that one's been really incredible. Um, Wayne Dyer, uh, Wishes Fulfilled has been one that really, I felt like that one really helped me feel and get in touch with God or GSEL whatever you want to call it. Um, that I feel like that one was the one that just really helped me connect with that, with a deeper spirituality than just like you are a badass is very, it's very incredible, but it doesn't go as deep. I feel like, you know, and, um, then I also read the Moses code. That one's been one that I really like. Yeah. That one was interesting for me because the, I am that I am was like, I had so much resistance around that saying that because it was like, you know, growing up and even with like going to church with Eric's family, the four times that I've been forced to go forced, um, you know, being in church where they're like, you're, you're a sinner. God does, you know, God only loves you if you give him money or give his church money. So to say that I am that I am was really hard for me. But then when I got to the point where I could say it, it was one of the, another like liberating moment. It was like, holy shit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think my coffee's kicking in because I'm like, all right, let's go. Yes, let's do this. <laughs> I should have had some coffee so I could be at your level of ca caffeination. <laughs> I've been drinking coffee for five hours now because I, I have four more classes to teach today. So. <laughs> yes, but let, let's talk about that Gnosis Code and Wishes Fulfilled because for me, when I began to read, what other people were writing and uh, it, it touches me it, it just it's so so amazing but when other people share about their experiences with god with the divine when they talk about what they've experienced and what that is and how loving it is and how benevolent and generous and infinite it is it it just rocked my world and to hear my daughter at, again, at such a young age in your 20s to begin to realize that you are part of something so much grander, that you are part not only wanted, which is why you're here, but that you are magnificent and powerful beyond measure. It's really, truly the greatest gift, I think, that a conscious parent could receive. And that is for their child to acknowledge that they are as God created them and not what the church says God says about you, but rather what God says about us, because we know what God says about us when we feel it. Right. Um, talk a little bit to that, to your experiences in, in how you've been feeling that and, and what what that does to you. How does that change your mindset and, and how you show up in the world? Um, well, I think it's, it's definitely helped me change my mindset in the sense that it's like, I am, I am incredible and I have so much to offer and I deserve everything that I've ever, that all the things that I desire. And, um, it's just, it's fun too, to, to spread that to other people who maybe don't quite understand or aren't quite to that, that consciousness, if you will. Um, but yeah, I don't think I answered your question. No, you, 
you did, uh, but go a little deeper. What, what does that feel like inside of you um, to, to have that awareness now? Um, well, the two words that I'm going to say again are liberating and empowering because it, you know, now I know that the only reason that something may not go the way that I don't want in my life is because of me. And so it's very, it's liberating. It's like, okay, well, I have to make the decision and I have to be consistent and I have to, I have to make shit happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, and, and I'll, I'll offer this little tidbit from, from having been on this journey a little longer. So hopefully you can hear this one um, <laughs> and you don't have to wait 10 years to get it. So, you know, what's really amazing is we really don't have to make shit happen. Shit happens when we're in alignment, when, when, when we just imagine things, the, it, it automatically projects itself out there. Our work is to have the desire. Our work is to be clear and consistent with what we're believing. Yeah. And what is going to um, manifest is simply the, the, the result, the effect of what it is that we're believing. And when I gave up that having to make shit happen, that was really powerful for me because it allowed for a surrender, for an ease, for life to really, truly be fun and easy. And things just show up on their own. Like I didn't have to make a boyfriend happen. Um, I didn't have to make a center happen. It, it just there was something moving me. Yes, there's action involved in it, but there was something moving me in that direction. Um, so let let yourself. Uh, be open to the possibility that you don't really have to do anything for the experiences to show up in your life. Your work is the doing is to enjoy the ride, to let that inspiration like this, like the studio. In reality, you didn't make the studio happen. You had an idea and you let that move you because did you feel like it was effort when you got inspired to do the studio and the two of you talked about it and all of a sudden you went looking at locations and boom, there was the perfect one. Wasn't there a flow and an ease about it? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So when we tweak that mindset, instead of having to make it happen, just we're flowing as it's happening. It's even more liberating, even more liberating because it's like the universe has our back. God, Jesus, whatever you want to call it has our back. And it is just, we are flowing with it. Like Abraham Hicks says, we are now going downstream. And it's really crucial that we move out of the making it happen so that it can happen. Um, because it's even it's even easier that way. So talk a little bit about, I'm going to share your your Facebook page for your, your dance studio. Talk a little bit about your that program that you're offering. And... Um, that way people can know how to find you if they if they're searching for a studio like yours in the summit area in Colorado. Yeah. So, um, well, so the studio we offer, we're an adult focused dance and now fitness studio. Um, all of our fitness classes are either bar, which is a ballet inspired workout class, um, kickboxing, cardio and other cardio classes and then resistance band classes. So we're not a gym. We just offer group fitness classes. But um, we are starting, I am starting to offer um, a, and I say that because I don't have a partner anymore and I keep saying we, 
Anyway, I'm offering something called the Summit Women's Project, and it basically is a program that is um, going to bring the women of Summit County together. And you, we're going to, my mission statement, it's easier if I say it as my mission statement. Yeah. So my mission statement is the Summit County Women's Project is uniting women in Summit through body positive lifestyle, fitness, and nutrition. And so we're not focusing on calories. We're not focusing on losing weight. We're not focusing on dropping a certain pant size or whatever. It's strictly to focus on becoming the healthiest, strongest, best version of yourself. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm super excited. It starts next week. We've got quite a few women already registered and there's a lot of buzz in my community about it. It's really cool because all like I went into the local coffee shop and they were like, Oh my God, I know what you're doing. This is so incredible. <laughs> I had somebody, I work at a bar too, because um, the studio doesn't pay me just yet. And um, I work at a bar and some woman came up to me and I had no idea who she was. She was like, oh, you're Lauren, you own Studio B. I know all about you and what you're doing with the Summit Women's Project. And I'm so excited. I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. You know, and... This is part of you tapping into your true self. So what does it feel like to be Lauren Hitchell? Take me inside of you now that your mind has the awareness that you are not your thoughts. You're the thinker of your thoughts. And as you think, as you believe, you create. So here's this awareness um, about the importance of being clear about your thinking, have, being consistent. And then there's the opening of your heart. There's the acknowledgement that you are one with everything, that you are part of something so much grander, that you are not only beloved of the creators, but you are a piece of it. So when you bring your head and heart together, talk about what, how is that impacting the life that you're living right now? Um, I feel like I'm constantly on this high. I mean, obviously, there's times where I don't feel that way and I question, can I really do this? And, you know, there's definitely those moments, but I have to that. And it's great that I have this awareness because I can tell myself, Lauren, stop thinking that. Take a step back. Look at what you've accomplished. Let's move forward. Enough of that shit. No more. Um, shift and lift, baby. Shift and lift. Yeah, shift and lift. Exactly. I don't know. It, it just feels. It is that coming from you? That noise. Do you hear that? Sorry. Um, I don't know what I hear something, but um, it's just very. It's exciting. It's exciting, and it's an adventure, and it just it feels incredible. I I sense that you're loving your life. Yes. And you're loving you. And what? And you love you. Yeah, I do. I think for the first time in a, ever. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? And now through your studio, you get to, to help so many women. You get to help so many women tap into that. Yeah. No, I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited. Well, it, it is just incredible uh, having this conversation with you and and that at, at this stage of our lives, here I am, you know, obviously with a grown daughter who is really more my best friend than a daughter. 
um, we have that incredible relationship, but let's, let's talk a little bit about what it's like for us to be able to be in this place, two conscious women uh, in friendship and, and supporting each other. What is that like for you? Because I know for me, it's delicious to be able to do this with you as your mom. Yeah, no, it's, it's incredible because for a while there, like right when you and dad got divorced, we didn't talk. And I was so mad at you and just having that feeling like I never, like looking back, I never want that to ever be even an option between us. And I just, I love it. Cause like we're, we are so close and we can talk about stupid shit, but then we can also talk about real stuff. And it's just, I love it. I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. It's, it's fun being able to go deep and yeah. To, to go to those places of recognizing the amazingness, the power that we have. And, you know, and, and obviously as, as a conscious parent, um, I, I don't micromanage your life. I don't have you, I don't need you to live your life in any certain way to make me happy or make me look good anymore. So um, that must be a nice relief to, to have a mom that just acknowledges that, hey, you're creating the life that you want because it's the one that you believe you want and believe you deserve. And it's always up to you. So I don't have to take any credit or blame for any of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine if you, or even if dad were to be like, you can't, you have to live this way. Like it just doesn't even seem like that would be real. Like even an option. Yeah. But as you know, a lot of parents do that. Yeah. No, I know. Yes. So I'm, I want to put on here uh, your own personal Facebook page because you are such an amazing woman that if people want to find you on Facebook, um, is that that's my Facebook page? Yeah, I, that's what I got from your, your, uh, when I looked up and let's see, let me pull it up again. But when I, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I think that's what it says when I searched Lauren Hitchell. All right. I mean, I believe you. I just have never seen that. Oh, hold on a second. Let's see. Maybe I've got, yeah. When I click on that, that's because I guess you set it up when you were Lauren Maxwell. Yeah. Well, that's how it shows up. But anyways, as, as we get ready to wrap up our wonderful conversation, um, I, I just want to thank you for for you being you and for your willingness to hear so many of the the woo-woo ideas that I've had over the years. Um, all of them, all of them meant to share with you what I was discovering that was transforming my life. And, and it's, you know, my, my journey's been 15 years. Um, hard to believe that it all started 15 years ago when Grandma Mickey died and it just sent me on this journey, on this quest to come and discover who who am I really? And to watch you begin that process in your mid-20s has been absolutely remarkable. So not only do I have this incredible sense of human pride that my daughter is, is um, waking up, it's becoming conscious, but from a soul level, the way that I see it is we picked each other, you know, you to be my daughter, me to be your mother. Um, and it's just, it's just so wonderful and so amazing and so delicious to know 
that um, I get to witness the magnificence of the life that that you are experiencing and to be a part of that. And thank you so much for you doing the work that you did that moved you through those places of depression, that moved you through your fears, that moved you out of thinking less of yourself. Because as you blossom, as you come to know how truly powerful you are, you're inspiring so many others. And that is just so beautiful. So I want to thank you. Well, thanks, Mom. All my work, how many people I get to work with and inspire. And, and there's just nothing more, more of a purpose in life than to be able to, to show somebody else another way, a way to freedom, like you were saying, that way to that path to freedom and to joy and fulfillment. So what, what would thanks. you like to share for the people who are watching this? Um, you know, a little words of wisdom from a daughter who who has gone through a transformation. What what would you say to others that are your age and have gone through similar things? Give Listen to your mother because she's always right. <laughs> well, I'm just kidding. Right, but you know what I'm saying. Um, I don't know. That's I've never really thought about. I don't know. So what would you say to, to the to the 22-year-old you that was resisting and was in fear? What would you say to her? Oh, my God. What would I say to her? Now that you know what you know now. I'd say, tell the voice in your head to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Maybe not, maybe not the voice because I know that I obviously had some other voices that were, you know, pushing me and guiding me to where I wanted to be, but to that ego, just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it shuts up when we, when we let it know what well, we, we got yeah. to become the director of our lives. We got to be the one that decides no more. Yeah. And then what would you say to that 22, 23 year old you at, at, about that voice of God inside that voice of spirit? What would you advise her to do? To, to listen, yeah. to listen to that voice, <laughs> um, just to take time and to really dive deep, listen and just listen. Cause it's crazy when I meditate now, like the things that come to me are, it's really cool. So, yeah, pretty amazing. We have that direct connection. It's beautiful. Well, yeah. thank you so much for doing this with me. This is just such an honor to have you on, on Align with Lina. Um, yeah. You know, just, just conversations that we have to be, we have to be willing to have. And that's, there's so much more than, than what we've been conditioned to believe there is. So thank you, sweetheart, for this. And thank you for You're welcome. Being daughter. And thank you for being one of, well, my best friend. And uh, I love you dearly, honey. I love you too, mom. I'm proud of you. Thank you. All right. So here we go. I'm going to end the broadcast and I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. So I want to let folks know that I've got a couple of events coming up. I've got a one day shift and lift experience that is going to be on Saturday, February the 3rd, which is just a week away. It's going to take place at Unity North in Marietta. It's a, it's a 10 o'clock to 530 event. It's only $99 and it's going to give you a really good basic understanding of 
what happens to us? How do we get conditioned? How is it that we get lost inside of our ego mind? And then what is it that we need to do to shift, to move out of our fears and listen to the to our hearts, to listen to that part of us that wants to have us have a wonderful life and an amazing, magnificent life, which is our birthright. I also have the Power of Awareness workshop coming up. That is three days and a quarter because we start on a Thursday night. It goes all day Thursday uh, or all day Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That is coming up February 22nd 20, through the 25th. Now, that's the whole enchilada. That's where I teach people exactly how our ego gets formed. We take an inventory of those thoughts that are disempowering, those thoughts that have been uh, blocking us from knowing the truth of who we are, the magnificence, as Lauren was saying, that voice inside of us that is the voice of the creator, spirit source, it's the voice of our intuition, regardless of what you call it. It's that voice that is that is committed for our life to be blissful, to be fun, to be easy, to be a joyous experience. So how do we, having that voice in us from the very beginning, get so disconnected from that voice and begin to hear a voice in our head? begin to listen to the voice of the ego, which is the voice of everybody else's thoughts in our minds, the rules and regulations that activate so many fears. Well, in the power of awareness, we see exactly how that gets created. It's very experiential. It's a lot of fun. And if you will go to my website, which is linaorlando.com, let me go ahead and type it real quickly. It's, um, you can go there and go to the, the events section and you'll be able to see all of the events that I've got coming up. Um, also, I do a class on Tuesday nights at Unity North where I uh, take people through A Course in Miracles, which is one of my all-time favorite books. That happens every Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. It's only $10 at Unity North Live. Or if you're my Facebook friend, you can find it on Facebook because I do it as, a, a, as something that I, um, every single uh, Tuesday evening, 7 o'clock, we get that Facebook Live going so people can watch it. For the next Align with Lina, I have my friend Mindy Stritch. And that's going to take place on February the 5th. Mindy is somebody that I met. She came to my old Center for Awareness almost 10 years ago. Hard to believe that. It's been, yeah, 9, 10 years. And we struck up a friendship. She was going through this incredible spiritual awakening, has been on her journey quite a while, and then began to uh, study about energy healing and has become an amazing energy healer. So you'll get to hear her story so that you can see how does she align with the truth of who she is and the work that she does, and you'll be able to discover how to connect with her. And then after that, we will talk to Bill Lasseter on the 12th, who is an amazing being, such a heart-centered man, that it's always beautiful to interview men, because yes, a lot of women are going through this transformation, but it's also fun to interview men so that you can have examples that if we can wake up, anybody can. This, this is a process, obviously. It's a journey that we're undertaking. But if any of us can begin the process of shifting our mind, we will awaken. It's a guarantee because it's the thoughts that we believe that we're not awake, that we're looking at, that cause our fears and our discomfort and our disconnection from our truth. So thanks for being with us today. Again, many thanks to my beautiful daughter, Lauren Hitchell, for being the one that I got, had the pleasure of interviewing. And remember, we truly are magnificent. That's how God created us. Let's own that. And when we do, we, become, we, we really truly become kinder, gentler people. 
who go out there and change the world just by smiling a little bit more, by having fun a little bit more, by loving and forgiving a lot more. Thanks and have a magnificent day.